The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Second Stage. This is Brendan Anderson. And, and this is Jeff Cadlick. <laughs> and this is Jeff Cadlick. And one of these days we'll get that intro put together just like perfectly, but we're still Bet working it. That's your book. This is four times now, so maybe the fifth time. We'll we'll shoot for it uh, next week. So anyway, uh, very quickly, I just want to recap uh, from last week. You know, we discussed the second of five pillars, which is to make a plan. The archive uh, for that episode, which is titled Make Your Vision a Reality, Have a Plan, can be found on the uh, Voice America website on the business channel or under podcasts on iTunes and search for the second stage. Uh, we hope you got started on the second pillar last week and followed through on the suggestions of our guest, Steve Kimball. Uh, Steve is a principal at the Chasm Group, which is a strategic marketing and management consulting firm specializing in helping technology-based companies cross the chasm in both emerging and established markets. Uh, we've worked with Steve here at Evolution, and he is definitely the real deal. And as with all of our guests uh, on the second stage, these are people that we've worked with in the past and uh, definitely would recommend them out to folks uh, listening in uh, cyber world. Uh, Brendan, so how are you feeling today? I feel I feel great, Jeff. You know, I uh, I uh, always get a ch- I always um, enjoy hanging out with my uh, entrepreneur organization buddies. Yeah, well, I tell you, normally when you come back in on Mondays, you look a little uh, puckered out. To be honest with you, a little you could even say hungover because I know you get a little uh, cranked up when you're hanging out with your EO buddies. Well, you know, I take my weekends seriously, Jeff, and uh, especially with the EO guys. And actually, uh, you know, we, as you know, I, I, I think EO, uh, the Entrepreneurs Organization, is one of the greatest organizations for entrepreneurships and, and, and really just kind of uh, the active debate of best practices and what, what the people are doing. And um, uh, I've been in EO for about 12 years, as listeners know, and um, started out with a local forum uh, in Cleveland with uh, people that were kind of just, just starting out their businesses, you know, at least a million bucks in revenue. And about three, four years ago, I joined a forum uh, that EO calls Quantum Leap, and uh, Quantum Leap, um, in this particular case, it's a group of, uh, of people that have, um, have been in EO for you know, probably on average uh, seven, eight, nine years, and uh, have, you know, quite frankly, these people are, are, are just really experts at, at doing some of the things that we like to talk about on this show, and they've most of them have attended uh, what EO calls the Entrepreneur Master Program at, uh, at MIT, and it's just, it's just really a wonderful, wonderful group to hang around with. Um, 
in this case, we uh, we tend to try to organize something around a a bigger event, you know, just like maybe like the Ohio State Wisconsin game. So uh, we uh, we may have taken that in and, and decided to really make sure we were committed to getting down there on time. So we went down Thursday instead of uh, instead of Saturday. So that's probably pretty good planning. Um, you know, yeah. Jeff, go ahead. If, if my math is correct, that's about a forty eight hour um, tailgating event. Well, you know, we, uh, we, we, you gotta be prepared for these sort of things, but I think, uh, and, and obviously that's, uh, that it was a very, very fun time, but, you know, when, when you, uh, when you get, to, when you're blessed to kind of hang out with these people that are thinking this way, you, we, uh, um, you know, set up a, a period of time where we met with the other entrepreneurs. Other entrepreneurs, EO entrepreneurs in, in Columbus and had a wonderful dinner with them. Uh, really spent some time with, believe it or not, some, uh, some, uh, some psychiatrists and so forth, kind of to try to understand the mind of the entrepreneur. No surprise. Uh, quite frankly, uh, pretty scary, pretty scary, uh, you know, what's, what's happening inside of our minds, but, uh, but it's wonderful. I think, Jeff, what, what the greatest part about this is that I watch, uh, and I, I think I've mentioned this in previous shows, that these, these people that are out there doing these five core things, including the people in this, in this forum, really are, more successful, they they have the probability of them getting where they're going is is uh, is much higher. And, and as you and I like to say, it's you know it's really understanding your financial statement is the core core one. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. The next one was was really let, you know work on your plan. And 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 I think the thing that's amazing, and I've known this group of people for. For four years or so, and it's just how hard they work on the plan, and how often it changes, and how focused they are at some sort of end result. But so what we'll talk about a little more today is with those two things that you can attract people, uh, which is the third the third pillar, people that really can help you get where where you want to be and, and, and make it a life-changing event for them also. And then obviously in future, future shows, it's transparency and accountability, which we'll, uh, you know, we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. Well, you know, that is a good segue into a, uh, the great show that we've got planned for today. You know, as we had mentioned last week, we're going to cover the third of five pillars, which is people, which Brendan just mentioned. Uh, this episode is titled Attract Your Dream Team. And as usual, we have an expert who specializes in this area and we'll supplement our understanding of the key issues and help facilitate our goal of providing more specific and actionable advice that you can take away from this show each week. As always, it's important uh, just to get started on these issues so that you can keep moving forward towards your goals. So, Brendan, uh, could you tell, tell the listeners a little bit about our guest this week? Oh, that, I'd love to, Jeff. Um, Mark Fiala, who is the president of Organizational Architecture Incorporated. You can reach him or you can learn more about the co- his company at www.oahumanresources.com. Uh, Mark is the president of Organizational um, Architecture Incorporated, uh, brings over 15 years of strategic human resources leadership to pr- provide you with solutions to your business needs and talent management. As a member of senior management himself, Mark has led the human resources function in both privately held and public companies with revenues in excess of $500 million. Mark understands your needs and can provide solutions to help you achieve your organization's goals. Uh, prior to organizational architecture, Mark held senior human resources positions in retail, specialty chemical, and mortgage industries. Additionally, he has experience in insurance and healthcare industries. Before this career, he uh, served in the United States Navy as an intelligence officer, and he holds designations of the Certified Employee Benefit Specialist and the Senior Profes- Professional in Human Resources. Pretty impressive background. 
Very impressive background and somebody that we've worked with here at Evolution and uh, just with Steve Kimball last week, Mark is the real deal and uh, can certainly add a lot of value to any organization. Uh, just as a reminder uh, to those uh, who should be in our audience on the second stage, uh, it will include all second stage company owners, uh, really small business employees because even in a small business, uh, employees can create change and anyone servicing small business communities so you can understand and appreciate what small company entrepreneurs are doing. Uh, second stage companies come from any industry and are generally small businesses. Uh, you know, we've talked about some high level parameters of three to 10 million annual revenue, profits of at least a half a million dollars, 20 to 50 employees. And importantly, they're still very dependent upon the business owner for their success, but ultimately, much of what gives a company the look and feel of a second stage company is how they operate in terms of organizational decision making, governance, financial measurement, personal accountability, and uh, strategic planning and things like that. Uh, before we go much farther, I want to remind everyone that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. Uh, we want to hear what works and, and importantly, what doesn't. We want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. Uh, you can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or call us. Uh, on our phone number at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. If you'd like to volunteer to the community, your experiences and solutions. More importantly, just ask questions that we can air uh, on our show each week. Uh, Brendan, the thing that I always was curious about your group is, you know, uh, you know, why do you keep going back? These guys have been doing this for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years, as you said. Why do they keep going back to do this sort of stuff? Well, in addition, Jeff, to it being fun uh, to, to be around people that are getting stuff done, I think that the, the key and something that we mention regularly on the show is that is that the planning and, 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 and learning is never done. And I think that uh, you know it's important for everyone to realize that the, that the things we're suggesting here really are just the pillars for for uh, for for progress and, and things that always need to be going back and um, uh, Stephen Covey says you got to sharpen the knife and uh, and so we believe that and what I also think is really interesting is to see how people's goals and so forth evolve as uh, you know we have uh, some people in our group that you know that get very committed to helping out things outside their business and and really with these best practices are are very helpful in those as well. So whether you care yeah. about entrepreneurship, autism, education, whatever these these fundamentals work in those as well. Hmm. So one of the comments that we had in our uh, uh, email last week was, you know, the, the, the discussion with Steve is pretty high level. And uh, I guess in a nutshell, if, if you're just trying to get started, which we advocate on this show, and you had, let's say, 30 minutes, you know, kind of what are the nuts and bolts that you've got to have in a plan, you know, to get yourself started? And then you can build on it from there. Yeah, I, I, um, I guess I'm blessed also to spend some time with uh, some smaller or, or lower revenue uh, businesses uh, in the EO group, uh, typically less than a million dollars in revenue. And, and, and my advice to them is, you know, especially at that level, is 
focus on revenue in cash. You know, you can almost look at them as the, is a, is a similar function, and and in expenses. I mean, how what are the what are the checks that you or the revenue that you see coming in this month, next month, and the month after that? And what are the expenses that you know you have to write? And it's a you know it sounds sounds elementary, it sounds simple, but it's just it's uh it, it's amazing how often the small you know the the, the smaller company entrepreneur that's running you know, wearing the eight different hats uh they, they that's just something that they put on the back burner and they and they come in every day and they put and they try to put out that fire on a daily basis if i think the more you can get ahead of planning those two things you know cash coming in and cash coming out the easier life will get and it then creates quite frankly jeff the stepping stones for the for the other things that we've uh, suggested in the past yeah, no, no. I think uh, I think you're right. And again, I think the 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 your suggestion is is the minimum. I mean, it really can't get any easier than that. Any entrepreneur that knows their business ought to be able to do that and then build on it from there. It, it really is, Jeff. It's. I mean, I just suggest getting out an Excel spreadsheet and putting out what do you expect to happen this month in cash coming in this you know week month. What do you expect in cash coming out? And then you do that on a month and a month and a month over basis, putting in a fair salary for yourself because you know you're you're an employee of that business also, and you know it really helps you kind of refine and focus on producing a decent uh, decent profitable black number at the bottom of the page. Right, right. Okay, uh, so that's a good first segment here, Brennan. And uh, when we get into the next segment, we're going to start uh, talking to Mark and the, the real experts in this area. And uh, I think we're going to have a really good show here. But before we take a break, I want to, um, again, thank our sponsors, McGladry LLP. Uh, it's an accounting firm here, uh, a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. And uh, we recommend McGladry. They do all of our work. Uh, they've been strong supporters of ours. And they really have uh, not only uh, great technical expertise in accounting, but also have a great bedside manner and really understand uh, you know the needs and aspirations of small business owners. So with that, we're going to move on to our first segment, and uh, please hang on for uh, the rest of the show, folks. Thanks. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. 
With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and i got my partner Brendan Anderson on the line here as well. Uh, like any forum, you know, this show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. You know, we invite you to continue the discussion f- from each week's show on our blog, which we, which can be found at evolutioncb.com. Uh, you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncb.com or even call us at 866-472-5790. Uh, we want to hear from you because being an effective small business owner is a continual path. And as your host, we have a lot of experience, but not all the answers. Uh, we're here to learn just like you are. And um, we've got a great show for you. You know, my partner, Brendan, set up uh, our special guest, Mark Fiala, in the first segment, who spent the weekend riding in support of prostate cancer with a riding group called the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Is that not right, Mark? That's correct. And how are you feeling ride. on how are you feeling on this Monday afternoon? Uh, I, I'm I'm feeling ready to go. I got I got all the writing out of me this weekend, so I'm ready to be back and focused on business. That's great. That's great. Well, we appreciate you having having you on the show, and uh, you know we're anxious to kind of dig into this this area that that uh, is really the the focus of your firm and and where we've had a lot of great experiences with you. So we're we're glad to have you on the phone contributing some ideas. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Mark, welcome, and thanks thanks for not only your uh, participation here, but your uh, your help with uh, with evolution also. You're welcome, Brett. Hey, you know, it's it's. I uh, obviously we've all had the privilege of working with with small businesses. I'm I'm curious, you know, the average uh, entrepreneur, how seriously and how 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 uh, how seriously do they take the human resources function of their business? I mean, do you typically walk in and see that they've uh, this has been a top priority? Well, you know, it, it's it's kind of a double edged sword because on the one hand, most entrepreneurs that I've been fortunate enough to work with. Um, genuinely do care about their people, um, and they appreciate the contributions that their people bring to the business every day. And, and you know a lot of these companies 
are, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 people all running around doing a lot of different things that you don't see in bigger organizations. So there, there tends to be a very deep appreciation and a desire to reward people. Um, but unfortunately, they, they lack a lot of the discipline about putting some structure around that. And as time goes on and as the firm gets bigger and a little more complex, they, they start to find that they have a harder and harder time uh, controlling things. And it leads to frustration. It leads to... Um, you know, difficulty in managing people. And, and there's usually a few things they can do to get that back on track pretty easily. When, 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 you, when you're an entrepreneur and you, and you finally, and you get, you uh, have your 10, 15 people, what are the, what are the couple things that, that you would begin with? What are the things that you, you know, kind of need to have to, to cre- kind of create the base, you know, at least the minimum base? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a saying within the HR business that as soon as you go from one employee to two employees, it's time to have an employee handbook. Um, You know, because as soon as you are in the position where you have to be responsible for managing somebody else and and setting expectations and and measuring that, um, you know, that's the time to put one in place. And and for, you know, it doesn't have to be a 40-page tome. You know, it can just be, you know, five, ten pages at the most, you know, some basic rules. Um, but get people to understand, you know, this is how I want to run the business and this is what you need to bring to the table and this is how you need to behave and perform. And, and once you set those expectations, what's nice is you really start very early on in the business setting expectations in a fairly structured format so you develop that discipline pretty quickly. So we always say, you know, the handbook is really the cornerstone that you need to start with. If you're a small business, where, where do you where do you go get this handbook? Is it something you can find online, or is it best to, to consult somebody like yourself? Well, I mean, the, the good news is, like anything else, you can find it online. Um, the, the bad news is, how do you qualify that? And in, in terms of, is it really is it going to convey the message you're trying to convey? You know, everybody, you know, knows how to use the internet and can download a handbook. You know, as fast as I can say this sentence. But does it really convey the type of culture you're trying to build and the type of organization you want to be? You know, is it customized for what your needs are? And and a lot of times it isn't a lack of being able to get their hands on one. It's just simply how do I make this something that I can actually use? I mean, after all, at the end of the day, if if you have to use it to defend a decision you've made about somebody's employment, you want to make sure it was done the right way and guided you in the right direction to do that. I, I gotta tell you, Mark. I, I, you know, out of the, um, you know, hundreds of businesses we're blessed to look at it, you know, every year, uh, I, I just I find a very, very, very small percent that actually have this. And and in a way, when we walk in and we see that the entrepreneur has thought through these processes, it does make us feel a whole lot better about the whole the whole organization and the entrepreneur's attention to, to you know, at least the base detail. Mm-hmm. What what in the beginning, what what should be included in that in that handbook? Well, there's typically, you know, five or six things that really have to be stated in there, and depending on the state you're in, they can vary, but, you know, in many states, the employment at will statement is critical to have. Um, You should disclose what people's rights are under the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, It's absolutely important you convey your company's policy, um, as well as the law, with regard to harassment and inappropriate conduct. Um, and there's a few others like that that have to go in there that, you know, regardless of the firm, regardless of what type of business you're in, they really should be there. Beyond that, you know, it's it's things about benefits, it's time and attendance issues, um, and, and we really try to tailor these documents to not just be 
kind of a, you know, a constitution or a type of legal document. It's to really convey a sense for what kind of business we are. So you might have other statements that talk about your culture and how people work together as much as the rules of when you clock in, when you clock out, what kind of shirt you should wear and those, those types of things. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, I got um, so so. Uh, Jeff and I uh, want, want to create a handbook. Do we uh, do we just, uh, get it, get it? Can I get it? We're excited about it, and then just uh, send it to everybody and, and let them know that that uh, that this is the handbook, and, and they should start working on it tomorrow, or start working with it tomorrow. Or how does that work? Well, depending on how much of a gear shift it's going to be for the employees. I mean, if they've never had a handbook before, it's really important to spend some time rolling this out in the appropriate manner. I mean, you know, most of the time, many of us have signed handbooks ourselves. You know, how deeply we've read it is, is another matter altogether. But, you know, you are trying to use this document to accomplish a goal. And, and one of those is to, to tell people exactly what are the expectations. So give them a chance to ask questions. I, I normally advise, you know, if you give it to them on Monday, it's reasonable to say have it back and signed by next Monday We'll take the next week to explain any questions you might have to you. But it's, I think it's also very important to make sure the supervisors understand what their roles are in terms of enforcing and holding people accountable. Um, you know, a, a handbook may be generated by an HR person or an HR department, but it's the responsibility of the management team to hold people accountable to it. And for certain things where they're, they're legally bound to do so, like when it comes to harassment, they really need to understand what their role and responsibility and, frankly, their liability is if they don't do that. Do you, do you find – go ahead, Jeff. you have something? Yeah, I was just going to say you make a really interesting point there, Mark. Uh, you said that they should, they should sign the, the handbook. Yeah. Any – any uh, employee handbook should have an employee acknowledgement on it to acknowledge the fact that they've gotten it, that they've had the um, various rights and responsibilities they have explained to them. Um, it provides one of many defenses that an employer can have if there's a dispute about an employment action they make when an employee may claim, you know, it, it could be as serious as a lawsuit. It could be as simple as just trying to defend yourself in an unemployment claim that, hey, I was never told I needed to clock in at a certain time, or, hey, I was never told I was supposed to interact with customers a certain way. When you have that document and you have that employee's signature, you have written proof that they received the document and that they should understand what was in that document. Well, how much um, kind of uh, appreciate the comment on handbook, and, and I and I and I agree with you that it's absolutely an important piece. Um, as, uh, as as Jeff keeps telling me, I, I got to move on and get to get to some get to some other exciting stuff. When, when we talk about accountability and, and and so forth, how how do you how do you how do you at least just begin in a in a small business holding you know people accountable for you know uh, other people and ourselves obviously accountable for what what we were uh, expected to do. Yeah, I mean, once you, you know, have the cornerstone of the handbook, there's, there's really a three-pronged approach to it. You know, you tell people what their specific job accountabilities are, and that's done through a position description. So you spend a little time figuring out what people should do um, and a little bit about how they should be doing it. And then you need mechanisms for uh, measuring and holding people accountable, and that could be the annual performance appraisal process, as well as a corrective action process to say, hey, you know, this is when you're supposed to clock in. This is what you're supposed to do, you know, as far as submitting travel and expense reports, uh, you know, whatever the provisions of the handbook are or the job requirements. Um, and then the last piece is um, 
you know, have that corrective action process and disciplinary system in place so that you can demonstrate some level of fairness and consistency. You know, it's, I think it's appropriate personally to have employees feel that there is a sense of due process, that the management just doesn't make arbitrary decisions. Because you know that when people don't know what kind of footing they're on, they, um, they're not going to be productive. You know, they're, they're always going to be wondering what's going to happen next, when the shoe is going to drop. When you build these kinds of systems, they become virtuous because people understand what's, what's being expected of them, what it takes to achieve that, and what the result is, whether they do it or whether they don't do it. I think that's a great point. I, I think what most entrepreneurs view that this sort of thing as a is a big use of time. When I think what we find is that once it's up and running and the employees un- fully understand stand the process and so forth, it actually saves time. It actually you know kind of you know provides direction and guidance. Mm-hmm. The um, we, we talk briefly, and, and Jeff keeps giving me the the, the time uh, the time motion, but uh, the. Um, when it comes to reviewing and, and, and uh, reviewing the talent and when performance and so forth, can you talk briefly about about ways to go about doing doing that? Yeah, I think that um, there's a big missed opportunity. A lot of times, you see people, um, companies will do the performance reviews, the employee signs, but it goes into a file in HR never to be seen again. That's terrific data on your employees that's being collected at a very granular level by your frontline supervisors. You know, they know the strengths, they know the weaknesses. Rather than just signing them and putting them in the, in the personnel file, we suggest take that information, aggregate it, look at your bench, figure out who your high flyers are, who your needs improvement, who your you know, middle bench strength is, and, and then you can make some better decisions about how you're going to allocate time and money when it comes to training and development and investing in your people resources. Rather than it becoming this very you know, scattershot type of approach, it can become very focused and leverage your resources more effectively. That's that, that's great. I, um, you know, I, I see I see some entrepreneurs sitting there listening to us saying, "Oh my God, if I put this in there, I'll never be able to attract the people that I that I want to attract." Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's point of the realm. I think most people expect to have that these days, and, and frankly, people want to know what's being expected of them. So when you have these kinds of tools in place, and especially for smaller employers, it really shows that you know what you're doing, that you have structure, you have a process, and even though you're not a big company, you do know how to go about leading and managing people effectively. And, and I think that's what we find too. It's um, uh, that's a common uh, a blowback that I'll get when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, and my reaction will be: the, the the employees that you want to attract expect this stuff, and they expect to be they expect to have this in place, and so it almost becomes a table uh, a table stake uh, to get the great people. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So well, look, guys, this is great information, and uh, I really appreciate the, the conversation. We're going to have Mark Fiala back for the uh, the third segment of our show, so please uh, continue to listen in, and uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Time Management. We all talk about it, we constantly work on it, and we all wonder what more we could be doing. Take Charge of Your Productivity identifies the 10 key elements that are part of the focus for high performers. It then integrates energy management into the time management equation. Tune in for insightful interviews, key strategies, and tips to help you create the balance you crave and deserve. Join Penny Zinker as she presents Take Charge of Your Productivity on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Well, welcome back to the show the second stage you know this is our show but it's a forum so we're looking for input from you so that we can benefit from everyone's experience so don't be shy you know everyone's made mistakes and we have too and we've survived and and you just got to learn along the way uh, we're going to continue our discussion with mark fiala of organizational architecture regarding best practices in uh, human resources segment kind of broadly defined Hey Mark, I uh, welcome back. Um, I, I was reading through some of, reading through some of your information, and you use the term transactional administration. I, what does that mean? Well, you know, we we try to differentiate the activities that go on, say, in an HR department, by you know focusing on one bucket, which we call the transactional and the administrative, and, and a lot of the things we were talking about in the last segment, which are very important, are nonetheless you know things that in many companies if we were on an engagement with them or if it was a new organization you were working with, you'd probably get straightened out within 45, 60, 90 days. Um, you know, once you have those basics in place, you know, getting people enrolled in benefits, getting them uh, hired in the new paperwork, the new hire paperwork process, getting that employee handbook signed and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's very administrative work. It's important, but it, but it's still, at the end of the day, is very, you know, a, lo- a lot of administrative uh, the other aspect is, you know, focusing on strategic HR, and in many cases, especially with smaller companies that are growing, that that bleeds into, you know, how are they going to find people more effectively? How are they going to incent people more effectively? 
Um, how are they going to manage it as it gets to be a more complex function with, with regards to people management? So that's kind of the differentiator that we look at. And I would I would suspect that you know, what to put it in kind of my terms a big part of it is is you've got the company today in, in one structure and and um, knowing that you want to grow and knowing that you want to hit your plans and, and and maybe enter other markets it really is I mean is it is it fair to say that a big part of that is just kind of planning planning for the future Yeah, it's 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 very important and when you think about is the structure that we have now going to be able to satisfy the needs of our customers going to be able to help us grow into different markets? Are we going to be able to leverage our, our people resources as effectively as we can now? If not, we have to think about different structures, or at least we have to think about different roles if we do have a structure that can stay intact for a while. You know, those aren't really, at the end of the day, just HR questions. I mean, those are business questions that you have to ask yourself in an organization. You know, can you, are, are you oriented the right way? And can this sustain itself for a period of time? Wow, you know it's uh, it's tough for entrepreneurs to figure out you know plans, let alone trying to uh, trying to figure out what the uh, human resources world will look like in the uh, in the next three to five years. What are, what's the when you, when you're when you're thinking about coming up with some of those plans? Wh- how do you, where do you start? I mean, how do how do you how do you start piecing that together when you, you know, obviously got a full docket of other stuff? Yeah, you really have to you know have some discipline around pulling yourself offline. Not you know for huge periods of time, but periodically. You know, and maybe it's right after you do the performance reviews for the first time. You know, what does our organizational bench look like and what are the gaps? And, you know, if we see opportunities coming down the road 18, 24 months out, do we have the people here, you know, who are going to be ready for that eventuality? That could be adding a new line in the shop. It could be, you know, going after a different type of market and selling something you've never sold before. Uh, so, you know, it, it does take some discipline to do it, but it doesn't have to be, you know, a month-long process that you have to agonize over to get there. A lot of times it's just simply, you know, look at your org chart, look at the, you know, spaces that need to be filled. And if you can do it internally, you got a plan to get people there, that's great. If you got to go buy it from outside, you got to have a, a way to do that as well and do it effectively, you know, not just posting and praying and hoping the right person comes across your door, but, you know, really going after the talent you need to, to make your business more effective. Uh, I, I kind of smiled when I, I was thinking about you know the filling jobs and filling the filling the org, org chart and so forth, and listening to some of the entrepreneurs we talked to talk about how hard it's become. You know whether it's the last three, four, five years, just dealing with all the changing rules and so forth. In, in your uh, fifteen plus years, uh, you know, running the company, and, and obviously longer longer before that, how, how's the compliance world changed? Has it gotten simpler in the last uh, fifteen years? Well, I think there's actually a greater awareness of it. I mean, in many cases, you know, we've probably seen in the past 20 years a lot more legislation and compliance with regard to the whole, you know, I guess contract between employers and employees, whether it's different laws that have to be complied with, wage and hour issues. Um, it, 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 there's no doubt it's, it's really been a boon for labor and employment attorneys and, and HR types like me. Um, but at the same time, I think the thing that employers are really struggling with more than anything else is making sure they're, they've hired the right person. And, and in that regard, it has less to do with the complexity of the regulatory environment. And I think more about just having a sound process for sourcing uh, candidates effectively, screening them effectively, and then selecting them properly. Um, you know, a lot of times they're just hoping they get the right resume across 
their desk instead of actively seeking out and engaging with the labor market, which sounds like a very daunting task, but there's actually some things you can do very easily to get connected with the people you may want to bring into your organization. Could you talk? Could you talk about that a little bit? Tell you know maybe some, and I realize that it's probably uh, another whole session or another couple sessions, but maybe some some just quick ideas on how how you find the people that you need to find to hit your plan. Well, you know, most business owners obviously know the business they're in, so maybe finding operations or salespeople might be a little easier than hiring their first controller or hiring their first IT director. But, but in many cases, it's the same. Um, you know, what, what do you have to offer to the labor market? I mean, usually you have a pretty clear idea what you're offering to the, the people that purchase your product to the market. But what are you offering to the labor market? And, you know, part of it is making sure you have a value proposition that's going to be appealing to the marketplace, as we talked about in the last segment. But a lot of it is, you know, just keeping engaged with the types of people that you know you may have a role for in your organization. You know, I've always said that when you go to trade shows, you know, don't just talk to people for the sake of talking to people to sell your product, but, you know, talk to people to see, are they effective salespeople? Are they good marketers? Do they understand the industry? Would they be a good addition to your team? And, you know, pull that card and hold on to it and maybe create a dialogue with them, maybe have the president of the organization call you know, just to make that warm contact because that's what really effectively gets a good talent pipeline going is, is to, you know, have that ongoing conversation with people who might have a role and be open with them. Maybe there's not a role this year, but perhaps down the road. Uh, that's how you find the A players is finding them, not waiting for them to come to you. And, and how far in advance, this is probably a tough question, if, how far in advance do you need to start talking to those people or at least looking for the people? Well, I, you know, I guess, you know, you could say how soon is it to start, you know, if you're a salesperson, how soon is it to start, you know, working on a new prospect or a new market? Um, you know, I, I think that if you feel that you're probably going to have a need for uh, a particular person or a particular role in the next 12 to 18 months, I think it's appropriate, you know, to start as soon as possible. Even if it doesn't go anywhere, you've still made a connection in the industry. You still, you know, hopefully put a good you know, a good spin on your business with somebody out there who may have other good things to say about you and say, you know, we, we had some conversations and it hasn't gone anywhere, but, you know, we, I like what I saw. I like the people I interacted with. So I don't think it's ever too soon. Um, you know, obviously it's too late when the position goes open or somebody makes a decision to leave or, you know, you haven't done planning well enough and then all of a sudden you find you have this need because it does take time to find the right people. When when you uh, when, so so you're running a small business and, and you and you and you have a pretty good growth plan. Um, do do the people tend to come from inside? You know, is it something that uh, do a lot of these small companies have have training programs where they can develop people, or, or will most of the people come from the outside, or is it a little bit of a crapshoot? I, I think it depends. I mean, I, I think you know most entrepreneurs have some good good sense, and they they generally can find um, some decent people, but not everybody. You've probably seen it before. You know, you can only go so far with just brute force trying to get things done. And, and you know, everybody loves the firefighters, but, you know, the people that make things work on a day-to-day basis without problems happening are just as, value as, uh, just as valuable as well. And so uh, usually they'll find a few people who have some potential within the organization that just need a little more um, development and a little more focus on what they're doing. 
but sometimes as an organization grows, they just need to go outside. I mean, they just simply need a different level of talent and a different level of experience that's really going to leapfrog over what their, their current bench has internally. So it's generally going to be a mix of it. And one of my favorite subjects, at least the, 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 that I look as I see these companies and the, the entrepreneurs that are out there really trying to grab people that, that normally they couldn't afford is just some of the creative compensation, uh, ideas and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the way to, to get people in and, um, uh, you know, even people that they may not be able to afford just with the current cash. How often do you see that? How often do you see uh, entrepreneurs kind of cre- striking great deals with people? Well, you know, if they're effective and, and they're a true believer and passion in what they do and they and they can articulate their story in a very meaningful fashion, um, you can, you know, maybe grab a person that you didn't think you can afford just in terms of base cash compensation and short-term incentives like bonuses and, and things like that. You know, whether it's other forms of long-term incentives that are, uh, you know, certain types of things that allow people to put money away for the long-term or even equity positions or phantom, you know, shares, uh, that can be very attractive to somebody who's got, you know, maybe they've had a successful career elsewhere. Maybe they're a little more secure, but they're willing to take a little bit of a risk if they can drive something forward, have a bigger impact, and, and see some greater rewards with it. You know, going back to the, the mid-'90s, you know, lots of stock options being being offered to people. Um, companies wouldn't pay dividends. they just plow it back into the business and, you know, maybe share that through different equity instruments and, and bonuses and things like that. So it's one of the things that smaller businesses have is a little more freedom to be more creative when it comes to incentives and compensation. Well, kind of, kind of touches on one of my favorite subjects uh, in small businesses, which is really establishing the core values and the in the mission. You know, where, where's this company going to head? And assuming that, uh, that that profitability is a table stake, something that every business needs to have. Mm-hmm. Um, how important in your in your view for a small business to have core values and a mission that that uh, that everybody buys off on? I, I think I think frankly, it's more important in smaller and mid-sized businesses. Um, you know, people. You know, they they want to know where they stand and they want to know where they're going. And, and frankly, they want to know that they're working with people that they can trust. And, and as you've probably seen, you know, things get very familiar in smaller businesses. Uh, you know, folks want to see a, a person who's transparent, who, you know, is going to take roadblocks out of their way, who's going to help them succeed, isn't threatened by their success because they realize that it helps the business overall. And, and so I think really getting that down and putting that on the wall or on a piece of paper and just repeating it over and over again. And frankly, you, you, at the end of the day, you have to have the discipline to hold yourself accountable to that because people can see through that in a second if it's, you know, do what I say, not do what I do. you you got to walk it. And, and if, if you can walk it, people are going to believe in it. They'll, they'll, they'll go a million miles for you. I I I uh, couldn't agree more. And I uh, you know the the people that we see that we run into that have established those values and uh, the the core values and, and the people are living by them. It makes it makes finding the right people and quite frankly selling our story selling the story of where the business is headed a lot easier. And and when the entrepreneur is willing to like you said be held accountable, 
we just we just find it's a uh, you know again it's just it's you know it's 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 not easy uh, but it's also not rocket science to to pull mm-hmm. that stuff off. So mm-hmm. um, you know we I, I, I agree and, and and I think it's also you know the the great people out there that that uh, in, in my opinion uh, that are, that are that are living by those things are, are you know they want fair compensation but uh, but that that other stuff goes a long way in mm-hmm. in helping them. So yeah. Um, any other special tools that uh, entrepreneurs should be aware of as they uh, as they as they you know kind of consider doing some of this stuff? Any other things? Any other uh, last second uh, thoughts or concepts you would throw out there that, that they should they should look into or us? Yeah, I, I don't think they you know on the one hand should spend a lot of time second guessing themselves. I mean they've obviously gotten their business where where it is through you know a lot of hard work and thinking through a lot of things. Um, they can make a minimal investment in terms of time and putting some of these tools in place. And, you know, there's no doubt you put a handbook in place or a performance management system, you'll see folks are um, maybe doing a lot of write-ups, a lot of um, corrective actions initially. But once people understand what, you know, the, the lanes are, they'll stay, they'll stay with it, and, and it'll make, it, make running the business a lot more efficient and effective for the owner. I tell you, Mark, this is Jeff. You, you have done a great job at simplifying as much as you can what is very daunting to many small business owners. This is something that, uh, particularly with changes in healthcare laws and changes in other legislation and just the, the importance around having the right people in the right seats is, uh, of, of such paramount importance today. Having Folks like you out there uh, guiding small business leaders along the way, I think, is is very key to to their ultimate success. Um, you can uh, learn more about Mark Fiala and organizational architecture at www.oahumanresources.com. And we want to thank Mark Fiala for being on the show today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. And uh, with that, we're going to move on to uh, the last segment of our show after uh, a few minutes for um, uh, advertisements. Thanks so much. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities 
properties and real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to The Second Stage, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, the Second Stage is a show about small business best practices. Uh, we just finished with our guest this week, Mark Fiala of Organizational Architecture. And, Brendan, i got to tell you, I thought he really simplified you know, a lot of things uh, to, again, help people get started and really gave them actionable advice. No, absolutely. I think I think he does. He did a wonderful job, and, and, it, and it, 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 we cannot uh, – Stress the importance of, of of really doing these things. You get them if you can get them in order, and you can use them. That they are guiding guiding principles, and, and really do make your life easier, not more complex. So, Brennan, in your experiences, you know how often do entrepreneurs feel like they've got a great team? That's a great question. And if, you know, every single entrepreneur that I that I talk to, not every, a large share of the entrepreneurs, they say, "Oh my gosh, I have the greatest team. They've been every single person here's been with me for thirty years." And yes, those that team does is a wonderful team for that entrepreneur. Uh, but but those those thirty people, what we find, are typically sitting around waiting for sitting around the wrong where they're they're hustling and working hard, but really wait, uh, waiting for that entrepreneur to give them direction, and and, and for the entrepreneur to really be able to lift themselves out of the business and work on the business, they're going to need to find people or at least lead people to make decisions on their own. And these these thing, principles and foundations we're talking about today really are, are are the basis for that. Yeah, you know what I love that he talked about kind of early on in the interview was the yeah, the handbook is not just a handbook. It really just it does set the tone for, you know, the kind of culture and kind of organization that you want to have and kind of relationship that you want to have with the employees. And, and absolutely, and I, and I think the key there is when, is is with the handbook, with the values, and with the mission statement. Everybody's being held accountable to the same set of rules, and uh, and I, and I think fundamentally, people what we find is the people that put those in order uh, are, are more successful. And it doesn't mean that if, that if you put a, a bad idea in place and you decide to change it later, you can you can change it. But but the, really, the principles he's talking about in those basic uh, uh, core, you know, uh, kind of shorter handbooks, they're they're tried and proven, and, and they and they work. Right, right. Um, so the 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 people part right is is the third pillar of the five and next week we're going to handle transparency and the following week we're going to handle accountability and this is the part of the show Brennan where you get to provide some actionable advice for for our listeners for the week yeah and and I think all entrepreneurs intuitively know this. It's just uh, they they just wonder when you know when they can afford it. And really, the goal on the people is 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 how do you build the best team? How do you how do you afford the people that that you couldn't afford that you 
that you can't afford? I mean, how do you, how do you motivate people to join you? How do you motivate people to to believe that that they're part of something bigger than than quite frankly a small business? And uh, the the ways to do that really are, you know, Jeff, I hate to just kind of beat our drum here, but it's about creating great financial statements and being willing to share those with the people that are that you're that you're motivating to join the company. It's about creating a plan that inspires people with a with a vision and values that that people can buy off on. That's something bigger than making a profit. And so with those two things, you 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 have the freedom and, and have the goal of chasing down these these wonderful people and um and in it in it in, in the foundation that we talked about today, although for a lot of entrepreneurs, I'm sure they view that as a pretty boring subject, it is really the staples and the foundation for doing that. And, you know, Jeff, it comes down to, you know, without the people, you're never going to get where you're going and, and you've and you got to have the passion for possibilities. So. Yeah, and passion for possibilities is what this show is all about. And I just want to remind everybody that this is a forum and we, we would like you to communicate, uh, you know, your best practices with the community, uh, at evolutioncb.com. Uh, you can email questions into the second stage of evolutioncb.com as well. Um, we're going to move into the fourth pillar next week, which is transparency. And that's, uh, another key pillar of the five. Uh, I want to finally thank our sponsors again, McGladry, uh, for being so supportive of small businesses and, and evolution in the show. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Thank you very much. Passion for possibilities, everybody. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.